You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore that app. So I'm trying to figure out the best way to go about this because the plan is I'm going to give myself about five minutes. I'm going to give myself five minutes to try to clarify. And, and it's it's not even clarify because so much has happened today that it's almost like I feel like I have to start all over. But I'm not going to make today another just ranty, angry day. I can't do that. I can't. Today has been horrible. It's been just absolutely awful. And to cap it all off, about 40 minutes ago, I just blurted out loud what my wife's Mother's Day gift was, and I am very proud of this gift. I mean, I'm talking, I went all out. Like, if I, it, it just occurred to me what the greatest gift I could ever give her would be. Like, as far as just, like, a, a generic, you know, I mean, kids are cool, but let's, let's, let's keep it realistic here. We're talking about, like, Mother's Day gifty stuff. I've been so happy about this. I spent way more money than is reasonable, but I'm so excited. Now, she doesn't know the specifics, but I told her what it is because I'm an idiot. And I've just been sitting there like, why is today so horrible? Why am I so stupid? So I've been trying to convince myself she didn't hear me, you know, because I I got like 70%. I would tell you what it is, but I'm worried this will be like the one episode she listens to. I got like 70% of the way through the word. And it's like she obviously she had to she she had to know, but I don't know. At the same time, let me tell you this: she's not the most observant person. When um, I asked my wife to marry me, got to understand I come from humble beginnings. <laughs> I I lived in a uh, place in Kenosha, Wisconsin. I didn't have any furniture. I had a bed and then a computer and a TV, and the TV was just a, a monitor for the for the computer. That was my TV, though. That's all I had. And so I went all out as far as, you know, what it means for me to go all out on, on this particular day. I took the day off, cleaned as best as I could because the place was, I mean, would, considering there's nothing there, it took me longer than it should have. Pizza boxes and, you know, probably a solid two weeks of dishes that haven't really been touched. Put on a suit and tie. I went out and got flower petals on top of having flowers, which are way um, more expensive than I realized. And then I put this lame little fireplace on the TV in the background. So her and my daughter, daughter-to-be at the time, walk in the house, rose petals on the floor, flowers on the table, fireplace, and me with a stupid, sweaty, blushy look on my face. Immediately, my daughter looks up and knows what's going on. She, she's probably like five years old at the time. She just knows, like, boom, knows what's up. My wife doesn't get it. <laughs> she has no idea what's going on. And I thought she was just playing into it, you know? Like, she she's like wants it to be like a surprise. She legitimately did not know. She she didn't know until I got down on one knee, and then she figured it out. So I'm, I'm telling myself this to kind of soothe the pain of the fact that I just gave away what it is. But it's arriving Saturday, and I'm still excited, and it's still an awesome gift, and hopefully it's, you know... Hopefully, I'll tell you what it is, you know, if I forget, remind me, but after, uh, after Mother's Day. I would tell, I mean, I would say reach out if you still need a good idea, but I think it's two-day shipping. I don't know if it'll get here on time. Maybe it will. It might get here Sunday. 
if you if you need an idea, reach out and we'll see we'll see what happens. Anyways, to, you know, it's it's just it's not the greatest day. And I'm trying to tell myself, like, look, we got to ease into today. We got to take it easy. But then everybody on Twitter and Facebook is like just right in my face. And it's not like they're calling me out on stuff that it's like, you know what? They're right. And then I have time to like kind of reel it in. It's like, no, they're wrong, though. But they're wrong. And I can't let that go. So, again, I'm, I'm, I'm dead serious. Right now, before I get started, I'm going to put a five-minute timer on my phone. And then I have to stop talking. I mean, the podcast isn't over. But that is the entirety of the time that I am going to dedicate to anything regarding the Aaron Rodgers saga. Now, there are questions for the podcast. It may glance on it, but I I will clarify what my position is moving forward that will inform how we talk about this situation to the best of my abilities moving forward. I want to put a nice little bow on this at the end, and we all just hopefully can move forward in a very cordial manner because it's getting a little hostile out there, and I don't want that to continue. And I understand, I'm a major driver in the hostility. I get that. I'm not saying you all are to blame for that. I, I got a temper, man. It's just what I, it's what I do. I don't know. Not in general. Like in real, most people have never seen me get, you guys have heard me get angry more than just about anybody else on planet Earth. It's just, I get, I, you know, we're all kind of passionate about the Packers. You know, it's, uh, it's a thing. It's real. I don't even want to start this timer because I know I'm not going to be able to do it. I'm going to be so mad when this thing runs out and I've barely even touched on the, the topic. Where is the stupid timer? Ugh, five, zero, zero. All right, all right. I got I to, gotta like, think this through, what I'm starting with and ending with. All right, go. So much pressure now. I got to turn this thing away from me. Let me start with this. I, I'm not happy with the position I'm in right now. I'm not happy about it. I don't want to be the anti-Rogers guy. I certainly don't want to be the pro-media guy. I feel like I have been captain of the anti-sleazy media since forever. And I don't like that I'm suddenly on the opposite side of this and that people are calling me out for being a media shill. It's like, you have never listened to my podcast, apparently. I don't like this position. (sighs) However, I don't feel that I caused this, right? (laughs) This is just the situation as it is. Now, there is new information that has come out about the whole Adam Schefter thing. And um, I feel like we're on completely different wavelengths on this. It's very simple what happened. And I, and I will, uh, I don't know, I can't play it. I can't play it. But th- th- let me just explain exactly what Adam Schefter said. He said, and again, I, I believe, see, I don't even know if I said it. I don't think I said it yet. I believe he's a sleazeball. I do. I, I think you don't get to that position without being a sleazeball. I think like a lot of people at the top of a lot of industries, he's a cutthroat sleazeball who's all about clicks and numbers and everything. And that's why I don't like the media. That's why I don't trust them. That's why I've gone on anti-media rants. That's why for the longest time I've been saying, don't trust these guys. When when Rogers, when stuff comes out about Rodgers or the Packers, I am just violently angry against them in favor of the team. What I said this time around, though, was something's different. Something about this is different. Um, and I, and I believe it is. And guess what? It still is via Adam Schefter. What we found out because he's a sleazeball is that he did not have a source that leaked to him that any of this was going on. Now, keep in mind, it is a reality. He didn't just make this up out of thin air. Go back and listen to the full quote, because I think a lot of you didn't actually listen to what was said. I think you're just, you know, taking that out of context or just have very selective hearing. Go back and listen to it. What he said was he had been hearing every single week stuff about Rodgers. 
He does have sources. He had lots of different sources. There was not a single source that broke him that news on that day, right? The breaking news thing was BS. A lot of this was nonsense, but he had been hearing news about this for a long time. What he goes on to say then is that he had all this information for a long time, but chose not to break it. However, there was a guy in Minneapolis. He said, look, I got this story. The 49ers are making an offer, which he said is fake. That's not the reality. Um, but, but the news was breaking that something was about to go down. And he said, look, how long before the story gets out? The story that is true and the story that, that basically has already been corroborated by sources is what he said. And so he decided to make the, the decision because this is his whole thing. I have to break this story. So he decides to ruin draft day and throw everybody under the bus. And yeah, he's, a, he's slimy for not coming out with this earlier. It is important to note that he's the one that broke this. When we act like he got found out, he's the one that came out and said, no, the, the, I, this never happened this way. It would have been nice if he would have come out with that information a long time ago. Um, I do think that there's a lot of other nonsense that's come out. And um, I'll admit that I have jumped, been too readily eager to jump on these things because I've been upset with Aaron Rodgers. That's a my bad, and that's not going to happen anymore, okay? You know my stance on this stuff that I, I have been defending him for what I feel is too long. I defended Mike McCarthy way too long. Most of the fan base abandoned ship. I hung by him until I finally realized I can't do it anymore. Dom Caper, same thing. I was on his bandwagon for probably two years too long. Ted Thompson, I was on his bandwagon too long. Most of the fan base was off of it. Aaron Rodgers, I've defended and defended and defended, and we're just kind of to a point where it's like, I, I just... I don't buy it. So I do think that there are some problems there. Again, I'm not going to speculate on this podcast about his intentions, his behavior, any of that stuff anymore. I do know, and it is a reality, that there is a rift between the Packers and between Aaron Rodgers. That is a fact. The question is, and this is what I said after the Adam Schefter report, and this is what we're going to get back to from now on. What I said and what we're going to continue with is there's an issue, but we don't know what it is. It could be as minor as... um. A, a simple contract dispute. It could be as major as he really does not want to come back. We don't know where in that lies, but when we find out definitively, um, that's that's what we're going to run with. In conclusion, this is Shailene Woodley's fault. All right, that's it. I, I went about two seconds over. That's it. So a lot of people mad that I went so hard at Rodgers. I probably shouldn't have, whatever. I'm, I'm just... It was just a situation. I, I, I'm still going on about it, whatever. I'm giving myself an extra minute here because I did. A, I'm proud of myself and I'm giving myself dessert. It just, it just sucks. You know what I mean? It just sucks. It sucks to be defending the guy for as long and say that none of this is true. All these stories are fake. He's not a bad guy. He doesn't have a, an, issue, an issue. He never says anything. He didn't say anything bad about Favre. He didn't say anything bad about Rodgers or about McCarthy. He didn't say anything bad about it. And it's just like, now we're here. The guy that I've been defending wouldn't be doing this. The guy that I've been defending doesn't want off the team. But here we are. And suddenly, I'm being made to look like an idiot because apparently I've been wrong this whole time and I've been attacking people that have been telling the truth and it just, it just was upsetting to me. But again, all speculation goes out the window. The Gutekunst tweets, the undrafted free agent tweets, any speculation as to why he's doing, what he's doing, where he wants to go, his motivation, whose fault it is, all that stuff, it's out the window. Now, if we want to put a tinfoil hat on and have some fun with it, whatever, that's fine. But I'm not going to get mad about it because it's fake. It's fake until it's real, right? And so there have been some positive reports that have come out with uh, uh, Kuhn and, and James Jones who have admitted there's clearly a problem here, but they're optimistic that this can get worked out. 
So we'll see what happens. There's never been a dispute that Aaron Rodgers is a great quarterback. There's never been a dispute that this team is in significant trouble if he leaves. That's part of the frustration is I, I, at the end of last year, what did I say? This team is special. This is, this is a special team. I think I made six episodes about that. Dude, you know how amazing it's going to be if Rodgers comes back and this defense gets revitalized with fans in the stands, how, how pumped up Zedarius is going to be. Now we got Eric Stokes. We got Jair. We got the running back tandem. We got some new pieces on that offensive line. The progress for David Bakhtiari looks amazing. He's make, he's ahead of schedule. I, I, I assure you, and I apologize if I gave you the impression. Well, it's not the impression. I literally said I don't want him here. But that's that's that, that was the frustration with, I don't want somebody who does those things on this team. But again, that's the speculation as to what he did, and I'm no longer speculating that. I want that guy in this team playing. Now, there, there has to be. I do want a quarterback that wants to be here. I do want a quarterback that is a leader, and I want a quarterback who does not talk bad about the team while he's here, if at all possible. But again, separate issue, all right? I probably went a solid three minutes over, but sue me. All right. By the way, I... Uh, uh, no, nope, nope, nope. Moving on, moving on. Here we go. Sorry, you lose. Time's up. Now, a couple things. Moving on, and, and, and I want to... I understand that I have probably relinquished my title as captain of the anti-media club. I'll, I'll, I'll embrace that. That happened. But as a lifelong member, I want to point a couple things out here. If you're looking for some people to attack that aren't Packers fans, and I would encourage you to do so. A couple things have come out here. Um, not that this needs to be brought up again, but this was a fun observation that, again, I'm, I'm ashamed that I didn't think of it, but, I mean, I should have looked into it. I'm sure it wouldn't have been that hard to find. This is via Evan Kaplan, was retweeted by Tom Silverstein, Stein. <laughs> that's just his name from now on, because I can never remember. It's I before E, right? I mean, it's spelled E before I, but the way that I remembered it is I before E, so that I can remember that his name is Stein. That could be wrong, though, so I'm going to stick with Steinstein, which does sound like a last name, doesn't it? Steinstein? Hello, I'm Albert Steinstein. Nice to meet you. Evan says, The Patriots drafted the same number of first-round wide receivers in Tom Brady's first 16 seasons with the team as the Packers and Aaron Rodgers' first 16 seasons in Green Bay. Zero. Isn't it interesting that we've never heard that? Not only did we not hear about that, but the other thing that's extremely frustrating is there have been many, many years in which I thought the team would collapse specifically because of the lack of weapons. I, I, I'm going to go back in time, right? Because I want to find the year. Because I remember I watched these guys and I actually really started to like one of them. Because it was almost like a joke. It was so funny because these were like UDFA-level bad wide receivers. I mean, I'm talking, they don't have a number two they maybe had like a number three, but it's like they've got like five number fours on this team. It was brutal. I think it was 2013, although they did have Julian Edelman on the team. I don't know if he maybe got hurt or something. And they got Danny Amendola as the third receiver. So I think maybe they had just picked him up at the time. But Kembrel Tompkins is the guy that I remember that kind of emerged as like the guy that maybe is not horrible. And I remember kind of liking them. And of course, they still had Rob Gronkowski. But the point is, and you can go back 2012, 20 whatever, easily could make the case, much stronger case, for Tom Brady needing wide receivers, more so than, than Aaron Rodgers does. But we never heard that. And you all know why that is. And again, it sounds like I'm playing both sides of the fence. It's not. I've been consistent on one side. This is the one issue where I said something's different because it literally is. But that doesn't mean that they're not sleazeballs, because they are. The reason why is because of the massive amount of clicks that they get. And again, I'm frustrated. 
just like a lot of you are frustrated, but pick your battles, pick the right ones. Because now that they realized how much money they make on Aaron Rodgers' controversy, there's blood in the water. And I get that that's why a lot of you are skeptical about this to begin with. I'm not because the team has confirmed it and Rodgers has more or less confirmed it. The players have, you know, the guys that even said, we think that this can be reconciled. I mean, what can be reconciled, right? It's been confirmed. There's an issue here. But this is, this is a massive cash cow, which I guess I should be happy about. I don't know why I'm throwing temper tantrums. I, I'm, I'm sitting on top of a gold mine with a Packers podcast, as far as NFL podcasts go, that is. But again, th- this whole narrative is so absolutely boring. And then I come over here and I see, uh, where is it? This is via John Clayton. Says amazing, and I really thought this was going to go in a different direction. I saw it and it, it like caught my attention. Says it's amazing that people still bring up Russell when they discuss what's going on with Aaron Rodgers. And I really thought he was going to start talking about, like, you know, there's obviously not going to be a trade. The Seahawks aren't going to trade him or whatever. I'm like, all right, let's let's see what he's talking about. It seems like this is probably pretty legit. He says the situations are completely different. And I kind of my brain kind of started processing. All right, where are we going with this? And he says because the Seahawks have actually given Wilson support. Now, I saw this all of, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes ago, and it's like, on top of everything that's going on today, I can't handle this. Because, if again, for, for the OGs that have been listening to this for a while, you know that I have been very anti-media. I've also been very pro-Rogers, pro-whatever, pro generally speaking. You also may have noticed on occasion, I am very, not only anti-Seahawks as a team, but anti-Seahawks leadership because they do such a garbage job. They are one of the worst drafting teams in the NFL. I have said that Russell Wilson, and this is kind of common knowledge, I also give the head coach some credit, but, you know, pick your fighter, it doesn't really matter. He and the head coach, or he by himself, have dragged this team for years. Now, you could technically say that about Rodgers for a while, not so much today. Right, Because Gutekunst came in and fixed it, and he's done such a great job, which is part of the frustration with the whole situation. But again, we'll leave that alone. But you've got to be kidding me with this. But again, this, this is sort of the... I just, I just feel like I'm losing my mind, right? Because, I mean, it's... I mean, Packer fans are saying things that don't make any sense. They're, they're angry about things that don't make any sense. They're trying to make halfway cohesive arguments, but they're blending it with things that don't make sense. Then you got these blue checkmark guys that are saying things that are just straight up stupid. You got other guys that are, it's like, I just, I can't even catch my breath, which is part of the reason why I wanted to just reel it in. It's like, all right, I I don't want to get too far into the realm of, of this. I'm getting very sucked into just absolute insanity that's out there in the world right now. And so we're, we're going to, we're going to try to rein it in to the realm of just I mean, we're going to talk about stuff. I'm not going to ignore things, but I'm not going to get sucked into just every crazy, ridiculous thing out there because it's people like John Clayton who are making claims. John Clayton, who is not, I mean, granted, I think he's a Seahawks guy, so maybe you give him a pass. I don't know, but I mean, give me a break. And again, Schefter, although again, I don't think he necessarily did anything wrong. Well, I shouldn't say that. He did a lot of things wrong. I don't, I don't think the reports were inaccurate. There's a, there's a difference between, you got some guys who say things that are lies all the time just to get clout. You got some guys whose facts generally are, are straightforward and they, they do the whole journalism thing and far, as far as, you know, checking your sources or whatever, but they're just sleaze balls in terms of how they get it, how they report it, who they hurt in the process, all that kind of stuff. So anyways, it, everything's just kind of going nuts. And I, I, if I would have known that all this was going to happen, there would have been a very different podcast to start the day.
Because those two things right next to each other, I think, have really what spiraled this thing out of control for me. Like, oh, this is just a horrible combination. But anyways, we got a lot of questions. I don't think I'm going to be able to get through all of them. But why don't we go ahead and um, get started on some of these? I got to bring this up, too, because as, as sensitive as everything is, we have lost the ability, like, in the Facebook group to joke, right? And that's kind of a hallmark of the group is, like, lighthearted ribbing. And there was one guy who made a post about how the episode today sucked, right? And it, it was meant to be a lighthearted ribbing, but some of the people really went after him, and then some of the people agreed and really started coming after me. And um, the guy ended up <laughs> writing me an apology, like, dude, I did not mean for it to go like that. And it's like, yeah, I, I know. And then we've got um, a question from Gary, who says, why are you the way that you are? And my man Roger comes immediately to my defense, and it's like, dude, chill out, It's it was a joke, so... Again, let's bring the temperature down a little bit because I need to be able to get back to the point where somebody can call me out as having a trash podcast or whatever in my own group and we all just kind of know that it's a joke. Because I'll be honest, I didn't know it was a joke and I was ready to fight him myself. So <laughs> let's just bring it down. But let's start with Gary. Why are you the way that you are? <laughs> I, was, I was super tempted to get very um, psychological, but it was going to get kind of dark and, and deep and I don't think we need to take it there. <sighs> I could just leave it at childhood trauma and let you think it's a joke. <laughs> it's accurate, and it's funny. I don't know. Gary, I think I'm just going to leave that there. I know you were just joking anyways. I, I thought I'd come up with something witty, and then immediately my brain was like, tell him this. And it's like, why? what are you talking about? Why would you tell him that? It's so weird. It's a, we're, we're just going to bail out of that one. Let's go to Ron, who says, With Rodgers, we are among the favorites for the Super Bowl. With love, we won't be this year. Are there any trade options that bring us a proven quarterback? I'm thinking Wilson for a few years or something of that caliber. Again, I'm not going to avoid these kinds of questions because they are still legitimate questions. Remember, we have not learned that a trade is off the table. That's not what we learned. We don't know that it is on the table. We don't know if it's off the table, but we're going to explore different things with a level head and without very much speculation. Although, you know, guessing quarterbacks and whatnot is strictly speculation. Look, there's nobody that's going to give us as good of a chance as Aaron Rodgers. The only one would be Russell Wilson, again, that I mentioned. And that, that whole thing is just kind of weird. Like, why? You know what I mean? I just, that, it doesn't make sense. Not that any of this makes sense anyways. The only thing that I think could possibly get us there is if we assume, or just for the sake of, for, of argument, that with the supporting cast, which I do think we have a good football team, and with the head coach and everything else, quarterback-friendly scheme, Devontae, the whole combination, right, that we've talked about that gets us really excited and helps us think that we're going to win a Super Bowl. I think that you could put some guys in that category in which they'd be good enough to maybe get us over the hump. In other words, you wouldn't just remove us from contention. We get knocked down a couple pegs, but you can win, assuming everything else goes well. Number one, I think Derek Carr. I understand he's not an elite quarterback, um, but he has looked good at times. He's also not really had as good of a, a system, supporting cast, all that stuff. I do think the Raiders have looked good at times when you look at what Gruden has done as far as their sort of ground-and-pound approach. Right? They're, they like to stack up on the offensive line, run heavy, and play to the tight ends. That's not exactly the same as LaFleur, but it's a similar philosophy. It's line up in big boy package, make everything look very similar, and whether we dump it off to the tight end or run the ball is kind of where we catch you. 
and with an extremely, extremely talented tight end as they have, they can really sell them. Now, we don't necessarily have that good of a tight end, but we do have a lot of weapons that accumulate to much more than the Raiders have. Um, and again, I think that they look quite good. Plus, the Raiders' defense is an absolute joke out there. So in terms of potentially realistic team scenarios, I think Carr could possibly in that uh, conversation. Again, nowhere near as good of a situation, but certainly possible. Um, some people have brought up Deshaun. I'm not going to go down that path. That's not going to happen. Should never happen. You know, best of luck as far as due process and all that, but there's no way we can get in, into those kinds of conversations. Um, Tennessee is an option. I don't know how realistic that is. I don't know why Tennessee would necessarily want him. I think they have a very good team. I think Ryan Tannehill, again, is graded out. He was the sixth highest graded quarterback this year, and I think the number one quarterback last year. I'm not saying he's as good or better than than Aaron Rodgers. That's not the case I'm making, but the amount of compensation you would have to give up to move on from Tannehill and go to Rodgers. I mean, maybe you can look at it and say, look, if, if we can do this with Tannehill, imagine what we can do with Rodgers. But I don't think it would be super realistic, but... Um, is that a potential candidate if we're just for argument's sake saying that? Sure. On that same token, we might as well say Dak Prescott too, right? Again, not going to happen, but you know, whatever. Um, I mean, we could look at younger guys. I mentioned Tua. I don't really trust in his abilities to get us there. I don't think he has the experience. It's possible he's about to have a massive second year breakout, sort of a, a Josh Allen breakout kind of a year, especially with, you know, again, the system and the, the maybe it's just a better fit. I'm not trying to say that Green Bay system is this elite thing that you plug anybody in and they're amazing and Miami's stupid. I'm just saying that if it's a better fit, then there you go. We have to make a lot of assumptions if we're going to get there. But I wouldn't necessarily say that that would be the best fit in the world. Um, maybe we could get Stafford from the Rams. That would be, wouldn't that be funny? It'd be kind of brutal, though, at the same time, because Lions fans and everybody, like, we would have to win a Super Bowl or we would just be laughed at nonstop. And rightly so, I think. And again, I don't think the Rams are necessarily a destination, maybe. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo for the 49ers. Um, again, I don't think he's all that great. And um, given the fact that they didn't necessarily... I mean, you look at what they did when they went to the NFC Championship, or when they went to the Super Bowl, excuse me. I mean, they had Jimmy Garoppolo, right? So it wouldn't be impossible. So I, I guess in short, yes, there are scenarios in which you could get a guy that potentially could get us there. And, and obviously there's going to be a massive gap between whoever that is and Rodgers. But yeah, I guess that kind of hinges on what you mean by proven quarterback. And yeah, Wilson is the only, I mean, if you're talking about like, we, we really don't get knocked down a peg, we're still Super Bowl favorites or, or top three, it's, it's really Wilson or nobody. And again, I don't think that's really um, a thing. Cody, Cody, who caused me some heartache earlier today, uh, says, why is this the number one Packers podcast on the internet? Well, assuming we're not going by by uh, views or downloads, because that title is firmly in the Bukowski column, I'll, I'll, I'll admit that. I'd, I'd argue it if I was even a little bit close. <laughs> if, if I was, you know, because then you can get into the nuance of, you know, these numbers aren't exact. I might be, no, it's, it's, uh, it's not close. No, I, you know, I don't, I don't know, man. I think it's, uh, it's the, the, probably the Monster Energy drinks. Just, just a guess, I don't know. Do one more before we do a break and come back and try to clean some of these up. Christopher, also known as Goose, says, Are the NFL insiders terrible people? Should we all boycott them immediately? Also, why are the answers to these questions yes? I am glad about what's happening. Again, I wish there was a little bit more... Again, I'm upset because I feel like this is my moment. (laughs) As the anti-media guy, um, I should be leading this charge, but I'm certainly not. I'm on the the opposite side of it. Um, 
But I am happy because, you know, again, in general, I think that this, as an industry, not just sports and, and, and whatnot, but kind of across all media, I mean, we know that celebrity media is unbelievably toxic. We know any kind of political or national news thing that involves politics is massively toxic. And it is nice to see some pushback, especially on Twitter, which tends to be more of a pro-media kind of a, a place, it seems. And it's not because we just need to get our pitchforks out and attack anybody because of the profession they have, but we do need to start holding people a little bit more accountable, I think. And so I do hope that he's coming under a little bit of fire. And I would be happy if he comes out and and has some kind of a statement. I doubt he will, because again, the facts I think are mostly there. But I I, I guess I haven't checked his Twitter, but I'm actually kind of stunned that he hasn't made any comments. It's, It's one of two things. Number one, ESPN pulled him into the office and said, this is getting bad, we got to do something, and they're, they're about to release some kind of a statement. Or two, they're doing the old political tactic of, let's just wait for this to die down, and um, you know, eventually it just goes away. And it does, which is kind of crazy, but that's, it's a really good strategy, um, because people just don't care after a while. There's other things to be outraged about, and people move on. But yeah, I mean, and, and I've been doing this for a long time, as have a lot of you. I mean, we go on there, and people say stuff, and we just, we hold them accountable, and I think that they should be held accountable. Don't just blurt out stupid stuff. And obviously, I'm in that realm as well. Not because I disagree with anything I said yesterday, because I don't necessarily in terms of that's my opinion on it. But people said I was spouting nonsense out of my mouth and they came at me. That's what happens. That's how it goes. Anyways, why don't we go ahead and take a break. And um, again, I'll come back and uh, take a look at a few more of these questions. Do have several thank yous to give out today. And they're in all different realms. So give me a minute here. Um, big, giant, massive thank you to Ray Baca, as well as Sean for jumping in on Patreon. That brings us to 197. It's our new official count. So we are three away from closing day. That sounded confusing. The goal is 200 by closing day. We're three away from 200. Also, thank you very much to David Patterson for jumping in on Ko-Fi or coffee or whatever this is. Um, this is, I think, the second donation I've gotten on here because of the new... Packernet Pod website, which actually lists this as a way to donate, which I had completely forgotten about. But thank you to David, and I don't think I said thank you to Steve Gust. Uh, this was quite a long time ago, uh, May... F- no, it wasn't. It was May 1st. So thank you to Steve and David very much for those donations. Listen, I can't be expected to know what month it is. All right, just let's just cool it. How many things am I required to know in this life? Also, big shout out to Martin Dubeck with a... Um, Fairly sizable Venmo donation. I really do appreciate that, as well as the kind words. Today was a uh, today was a battle, but I, I had a lot of uh, always got a lot of people support me, and I always appreciate that. And again, I'm not asking anybody to to come just suck up. If you don't like it, tell me you don't like. It. Man, my computer froze real hard, <laughs> and I thought this whole thing was getting scrapped. This whole episode, I was I was in a bad way, um, but it recovered up to this point. So you missed about 30 seconds. Um, I, where did I leave off? Oh, uh, thank you, coffee folks. Thank you, uh, Patreon folks and Venmo. Let's do this. Take a break, save it and and move on because I'm, I'm shocked that it saved anything. I thought this whole thing was getting wiped. Uh, Martin Dubeck for the sizable Venmo donation. Really greatly, uh, appreciate the support. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't remember all the things that I said, but everybody, thank you very much for that. Let's take a break, and we'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. 
So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. I'm going to start us off with another goose question here, and I, I already told him that I'm going to answer this. And it, I'm going to get absolutely crucified because as mad as people already are, the only thing that can make them more angry is for me to turn this podcast into a 2022 um, NFL draft podcast. But he says, um, if we trade Rodgers and get two firsts, who are two first-round prospects you would like for the Packers in 22? Listen, I'm actually kind of excited about it. I'm kind of a dork that way. I know you guys don't really like it, but it's kind of a palate cleanser. I almost should have led with this one, I think. It's like, let's just, let's just you know... Let's just get weird with it. And I'm going to stay away from quarterback because, I'm again, I'm going to assume Rodgers is coming back, and if he's not, I'm going to assume Rod, uh, Love is awesome. And if he's not, I mean, let's just, I mean, you know, how far down that dark rabbit hole are we going to go here? But if we look at it, it's there's a lot of edge rushers here, and there's a lot of quarterbacks. Now, edge rusher is not a terrible option. I'm going to say, actually, part of the question was that Rodgers got traded, but still I'm going to stay away from quarterback just clarify that. I like Kyle Hamilton a lot, the safety out of Notre Dame. I think he's an unbelievable human being as far as his ability to play football. I just don't know if I want to go safety necessarily. I know that we could go that route and what about Amos and all that stuff, but I'm I'm going to if I if you just ask me like who's the guy that you're super obsessed with that isn't a quarterback and I do like a lot of these quarterbacks, Kyle Hamilton jumps out to me. Man, this is tough. I'm staring at this for a long time. I'm going to say this. I'm going to say and, and probably going to be out of our reach but let's just say we got a couple couple high picks or or let's say we get one high pick from from one of the extra picks that we get and with that high pick we get Evan Neal offensive tackle out of Alabama I know we added a bunch of offensive linemen already but I'm talking about a real legit right tackle he's not going to be like a flex guy he's boom he's there and I'm going to say with our normal pick which is the one we won the Super Bowl with uh Nick Bonito edge rusher out of Oklahoma I was pouring through all the different edge rushers Kind of pros and cons for each, but this is just a pure pass rusher, right? You're not getting him because he's a tackler. You're not getting him because he's a run defender. You're getting him because he had 49 pressures on 186 attempts. That's 26%. The guy is just a a, a pin your ears back kind of a monster. And and again, if we're going to say that that's kind of the direction we're going, that we're going to trust our DBs, you guys are going to be a little bit more on an island, and the guys up front are just going to attack and we got a rotation, right? Different guys for different scenarios. But Nick is, I mean, 100% on third and 10, Nick is in. 
and he's just out there to feast. Lowest amount of pressures he got was two pressures in a game, which sounds low, but it's not. He ranged between two and eight in every single game. So, yeah, that's what we'll go with. If you're looking for something fun to do, check out Nick Bonito on YouTube, which is um, what I shouldn't be doing right now, but it's, it's what I absolutely am. Also worth noting, and I don't know if this is what we want to do. I, I know we as fans don't want it, but if there is any plans to get a Kyler Fackrell guy that is a pass rusher slash coverage guy that really isn't very good against the run, th- that's him. He, he also drops in coverage. He is just so fast. <laughs> Anyways, I'm done. Moving on. Uh, Nathan goes on to say, and, and again, I, I feel bad that I don't have definitive answers to a lot of these questions, but I can say I'm, I'm working on this one. And by working on it, I mean I forgot to ask. Nathan says, do we even need an elite quarterback for Matt LaFleur's scheme? Yes and no. And, and what I mean is, there's never a situation where you say all things are equal, right? In other words, it doesn't even matter whether we have Rodgers or not, because the scheme kind of just takes away from that. The reason I was so excited about Rodgers this past year is what I had said on the podcast was, imagine if you take the Kyle Shanahan scheme and what they're able to do with a guy like Garoppolo, but add in a guy like Rodgers, that's when you take this thing to the next level. And that's essentially what happened. Now you lose that extra, that extra bang, right? You lose that MVP quality. But no, you, you, I don't think you do. Now there are certain, I think, systems and things where you can't just throw anybody in there. In other words, I don't think Garoppolo can go to just anywhere and it's kind of a bad example because he hasn't been very good super recently. But we have seen him operate quite well, right? With Bill Belichick and the Patriots, he looked pretty good in that system. With uh, Kyle Shanahan in that system, he's had moments of, I mean, that's a pretty dominant football team. Even Goff. Goff was a horrific quarterback. I'm talking just horrible. Then Sean McVay and Matt LaFleur got a hold of him and he started to look like top-of-the-line quarterback. Again, things started to taper over time, but I think that's sort of the impact of and the benefit of this sort of a system, which, and again, the, the, the thing that somebody had asked me is, can you ask Coach Hahn, Coach, if you're listening, what exactly is a quarterback-friendly system? Now, a couple things that I can say. A lot of what this system is and does complicates things for the defense, which takes pressure off of the quarterback. For example, the the entire premise isn't necessarily that they're a run-first team. It's that everything looks like a run. Everything looks the same way, but you don't actually know what we're going to do, so there's hesitation. Hesitation leads to people generally being open. It's very scheme-reliant, right, when you layer your your receiver. It takes away all the different reads. You're kind of just reading one part of the field, and you throw to the open region, right, The, the shallow, the intermediate, and the deep guy, who are all running kind of the same route, just at different layers. It's also the fact that it is relatively run-heavy, generally speaking. They are going to rush a lot, and that's going to take some pressure off of the quarterback because, you know, obviously you're not just going to pin your ear ba- ears back as a pass rusher and go get the quarterback all the time because this is a very hefty rushing attack, and the offensive line is very well-equipped at pushing you out of the way, and you don't want to just get embarrassed all day with them running up the middle on you. There's a lot of complexity here. And it isn't just a straightforward system like McCarthy had, where it was kind of boring, but it really just relied on everybody just winning, which included wide receivers needing to get open and Aaron Rodgers needing to just be very, very, very good at his job. And also being extremely intelligent because this is the play I called. And if you don't diagnose this correctly and figure out, you know, 
my guys are running this, the defense looks like they're running this, therefore maybe this guy can be open, and then we got to have this telekinesis thing with me and the receiver where it's like, hey, are you seeing this? They're running this, make sure you do this, and doing checks and all this, all this wizardry just to force this thing to work. A lot of that has been taken out, theoretically. And in fact, it's almost, it's, it's not almost, it is, where they kind of build up towards something. They'll run something, and they'll run something, and they'll run something, not necessarily because it's going to work, but because we're setting up for something else. The counterpunch, right? You know, you set up the hook with the jab. Kyle wants to know if I'm planning on making an apology after Schefter admitted he made it up. He didn't make it up, Kyle. Whatever this was at the beginning of the podcast is as close you're going to get to an apology because, again, it's, it's not made up. It's, it's, it's a thing. He's not our quarterback right now until something gets reconciled. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's a little bit more money. Maybe it's whatever. But the point is, if this doesn't get reconciled, he's not coming back. That's the situation we're in. And if it wasn't, we would have heard that. One of these players, they wouldn't have said, I think they can work it out. They would have just said, there's nothing to work out. Aaron Rodgers wouldn't have said, I hope that this doesn't, or I wish this didn't get leaked. He would have said that this is all phony. The, you know, the, at the, the team at the press conferences wouldn't say, I don't even want to think about Rodgers not coming back. They would have just said, that's not even a thing. Of course he's coming back. And, and Mark Murphy wouldn't have talked about how they've all flown out individually to try to reconcile this thing, and they've all mentioned at the press conferences how they're going to do everything they can to try to get Aaron Rodgers back. This isn't made up. It's very real. So, I'm sorry, Kyle, you're not getting your apology. That was kind of an apology, though, right? I apologize for not apologizing. I think I should get some credit for that. <laughs> Jason would like me to compare 2018 Jordan Love to 2020 Trey Lance. Yes, I'm pick- cherry-picking his good year. Are they at all similar to the current Lance hype is as if he's a guaranteed Hall of Famer, while it seems no one feels love stands a chance. Well, we'll have to do 2019 Trey Lance because he didn't really play very much in 2020. Um, so in terms of passing grade, Trey Lance had an 88. Uh, Jordan Love had an 82. Fairly close. Jordan Love was 3,550 yards, 32 touchdowns, 6 interceptions. Trey was 2,700 yards, 28 touchdowns, no interceptions. In terms of big-time throw percentage, 5.6% for Trey Lance, uh, 4.5% for uh, Jordan Love, so Trey Lance had more big-time throws. Turnover-worthy plays, Trey Lance was at 1.4%, Jordan Love was at 2.8%, so again, advantage Trey. Adjusting completion percentage is higher for Jordan Love. Also, Jordan Love had much worse wide receivers, um, even in 2018. The drop percentage for Trey Lance was 4.5%. It was 8.5% for Jordan Love. As far as depth of passing, Trey Lance had a higher uh, grade in terms of 20-yard or deeper passing, but intermediate passes, Jordan Love had the, I guess, advantage or higher grade. Uh, Trey, let's see, 18% of the time. They were both at 18% for 20-yard passes, but 807 yards compared to 862 in favor of Jordan Love. 12 touchdowns, no interceptions for Trey. 15 touchdowns, two interceptions for Jordan Love. So it's actually fairly close, and he was graded pretty highly. But again, intermediate grade, 84 for Jordan Love, 77 for Trey Lance. So it looks like Trey was largely, you know, when he's not airing it out, it kind of dwindles a bit. Jordan was a little bit more consistent, 83, 84, 75 as far as deep, medium, and short. I think one of the biggest ones is pressure. Um, Trey Lance had a 75 grade while under pressure, which is extremely high. Um, let's see, 365 yards, six touchdowns, no interceptions. Jordan Love had a 49 overall grade, which is fairly low, even for, you know, high pressure or whatever. I think Rodgers is actually in the same category, roughly. I mean, it's pretty bad, but 576 yards, four touchdowns, three interceptions. Now, again, there is uh, a difference in, in 
competition level, which they don't really track. I know Utah is obviously not a very big program, but there's still a difference between NDSU and Utah. NDSU plays, I mean, let's see, the the highest, the games in which Trey Lance graded out as elite, and there's several, Butler, South Dakota, Youngstown, Western Illinois, and Illinois State. Jordan Love's highest games, UNLV, New Mexico, Tennessee Tech, and Hawaii. He also went on to play BYU, uh, Michigan State, Boise State, Colorado State, Wyoming, New Mexico. Right? I mean, there's one real bad year in 2019 that everybody remembers was against LSU. Right? Trey Lance is not playing against LSU. So they're both not at a very high level, but at least Jordan kind of mingles in that crowd. It's kind of like a little bit of the upper tier and then a whole bunch of that second tier, and Trey Lance is just in a whole other category. The, the actual distinction will be FBS versus FCS. And in the FCS, North Dakota State is the top team. They're like the Alabama, Clemson, Georgia, whatever you want to call it, of the FCS. They were 16-0 going against teams like, you know, I mean, the, the second best team, the best amount of competition they would have had against is against James Madison. So it's just, it's, it's, not, it's not the same. So maybe if you want to adjust it, they're pretty similar. But it's kind of hard to do. I don't. I don't really know. I I know that I like Jordan Love. I know that I really disliked him when I watched his one game against LSU. But again, I went back and watched every game in 2018 and um, started started to like the guy. Speaking of, we're not going to do the Eric Stokes thing tonight just because today's been such a garbage day. Um, just not doing it. But tomorrow's Friday, so it would make sense to try to do that tomorrow night. So again, make sure you are in the Packernet Podcast Facebook group, like the Cheese and Packers Facebook page, and we'll see if we can do a live video. Uh, tomorrow, just watching some Eric Stokes film. All right, we're going to do one more. I'm going to table a couple of these other questions, though. Um, some of them, like Brandon wants me to read an article and whatnot, which I have not done yet. But I'll save a couple of these that require a little bit more work. A lot of cap questions and whatnot. That's going to take a little bit of homework, which I will get to. But Garrett says, if a potential trade happens and Green Bay has first-round picks for 2022, 23, and 24, and Love doesn't work out, is it possible Green Bay trades for one or more of the picks for a proven starter or, say, a free agent and load up on offense for a change? Who would be on your wish list for free agent quarterbacks? Who may be available in 2022 or 2023? I'm a little, little unsure of what we're doing here. So we get all these picks. We trade one or two of those picks for a proven starter. So we so we trade Rodgers for two first-round picks, or three first-round picks. We trade two for a different quarterback. Is that what we're doing? Then you said, who would be on your wish list for free agent quarterbacks who may be available in 2022 or 23? Let's, let's, just, uh, let's just answer the last part directly. So some of the quarterbacks that are, their contracts are done in 2022. Um, let's just say guys that are not 40-year-olds like Ben Roethlisberger. You got Taysom Hill, which, oh my goodness, can you imagine? Can you even imagine? Should we just do a bet right now? We'll, we'll give you some crazy odds, but is, is Taysom Hill going to come back? Maybe we'll save that, and if Rodgers does leave, and we're looking at a situation where Taysom Hill becomes available at 32 years old next year, what are the odds? I'm not saying, do you want him? I'm just saying as crazy as things are, what do you think? Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, Andy Dalton, Nick Foles, Tyrod Taylor, Jameis Winston, Cam Newton, uh, Jacoby Brissett, Josh Rosen. It's another one that a lot of people have been into. I was a big fan of him, but I kind of moved on from that. Marcus Mariota, uh, Mitchell Trubisky. Oof. Could bring Tim Boyle back, Blaine Gabbert, Chad Henney, blah, 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 right? There's a, a billion that are all in that exact same category of basically backups. So the first part of the question that I kind of didn't answer 
is that if they're free agents and if they're actually really, really good, I don't think we're going to get them. Now, if we look at 2023, we get a little, little bit more interesting of prospects. For example, guys like Kirk Cousins, Jimmy Garoppolo, Matthew Stafford, Derek Carr, pretty much everybody I just talked about. And we're getting way into the abstract realm of how this could possibly happen. But, you know, if, let's say things don't go super well, but we decide in 2022 we're going to roll with Jordan Love, we're not going to draft a quarterback, we're going to see how it goes, give him one more chance, one more year, and it really doesn't go well. And we realize now in 2023, which obviously it's painful to think two wasted years, I get that, trying not to really go there too often, we're, we're now looking for quarterback option. Now, I'm still of the mind that we need to be using these picks because I'm assuming we got 2022, 2023, and 2024, which means it's 2023. We have two first-round picks, including a really bad pick for ourselves, hopefully another bad pick for whatever team got Rodgers. And we also have this 2024 uh, first-round pick that we can use to move up if we need to. My option is going to be to get a quarterback in the draft. Ideally, we would have done it last year when there's a lot of really good players, but whatever. We can get Tua's brother or something. Oh, no, that's that's this year. Uh, DJ Ugalele, I think, is the big the big guy. 2023, Ugalele, I don't know. But, I mean, it, I, are we asking, is that just in the realm of possibility that we're kind of now looking for a quarterback and we're like, you know what, let's, let's not do a quarterback. Let's load up on weapons with those picks and let's just bring in Kirk Cousins at 35, Jimmy Garoppolo at 32, Matt Stafford at 35, whatever. I think it's possible. I just, it's just not my favorite option. I'm, I'm, I'm excited again, if we are moving on from Aaron Rodgers, if for whatever reason that happens, I am excited about the prospect of actually building and finding a really good quarterback, not just limping along with some Andy Dalton kind of a thing. I've seen, we've all seen too many times where teams get stuck in this mode where they have a quarterback that's good enough to where you feel like you don't need to fire him, but not good enough to actually win. Right, you can probably get to the playoffs maybe once in a while, but it's just you just can't quite get over the hump because the guy's just not good enough. I don't want to go down that road. I'd rather swing at quarterbacks and miss. Right, we we draft one, we're real excited, it doesn't pan out. All right, try it again. Jets have been doing that since forever, and they might have finally actually got their guy. Maybe they didn't. I don't know. Jaguars have been doing it for a while. Maybe they got their guy this time. I don't know. But it's just it's not my favorite option, I guess. But anyways, that's enough for me. I'm going to get out of here. I appreciate everybody asking questions because I really wanted to just remove the content from myself and let you guys kind of steer the show for today. And so again, we're going to kind of try to reset this thing. I'm sure it's not going to last long because by tomorrow there's going to be more breaking reports and I'm going to have to talk about it and I'm going to get mad about it. But as of 9.48 p.m., we have now officially reset and um, we're sticking to only facts and information as I see them to be. Because obviously even the facts and information are disputed right now. Whatever. My show, my facts. Again, thanks for listening. You folks have yourselves a fantastic Friday. If you are a Patreon or a patron, please remember you can catch these shows a day early and ad-free on Patreon when you become a subscriber. So a buck a month is all you got to do. And you get a full ad-free show. And you can get it the night before if you're so inclined. Have a great night. Talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.